The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changes seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken, the gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. I don't know if any of y'all walked through the crossing and came in on the far end of the church and noticed the money changers (laughs) in the church and In the auction, I promise you that Jesus is not going to come in here and flip over the tables today and cast out the hardworking um, people in our parish that have been making this tea. But it is kind of, I had to um, at least name the irony um, of the tea being on this Sunday and maybe share a little bit more about what's really going on in the scriptures, or at least how I see it. So 10 years ago, I took... And I've shared a little of these stories with some of y'all. About 10 years ago, I took um, 16 rising 10th and 11th graders to walk the end of the Camino de Santiago, which is the old um, pilgrimage in northern Spain that people have been making for about a thousand years. And so they journey from all over Europe and now really all over the world, and they begin walking. Um, The traditional starting point is uh, St. Jean, Pierre de Port in France, and they'll walk the 580 miles and end up in Santiago. And, and they've been doing this for a long time with nothing more than a backpack. And now you, you often carry a, a pair of clothes to change into. And then you wash your clothes when you get to the place um, for the evening. And then you hang them on your backpack and walk the next day. And so it's a, you know, this pilgrimage of not carrying very much and making this journey. And so I took uh, 10th and 11th graders and being responsible for their well-being. I was sitting there after that trip like, I cannot wait to go back without teenagers. <laughs> so Ann and I planned a trip the next year, and so Ann and I, nine years ago, we went, and um, 
we began planning this trip and walking and, and getting ready. You know, we're thinking about it like if we're going to fly over there, why not fly into Paris and then we'll take a train to St. John and then we'll walk to, to Santiago. And Anne just lit up. I mean, she was like, that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. I'm like, it's such a rich town of culture. You, have to, you know, there's food and arts and we go to Louvre. And she goes, and I can go shopping. Saying so it's she's over the moon. She's so excited, and when one day we go out to the um, where the Arc de Triomphe is, that road is all these famous stores, and they're high in luxury. And she's, I mean, her eyes are just as big as can be, and she's looking around. Like, it's the greatest thing, and then it dawns on her: there's no way to take Italian leather purchased in France and get it all the way to Santiago unless you carry it yourself. And there's no way to do it without that stuff ending up, you know, weathered and worn from the travel. And I didn't have the heart to tell her we could have it shipped back um, to Memphis. <laughs> but that is the background of our gospel reading, if you can follow, follow me for a moment longer. It's the festival of the Passover. And so people are making a journey to the temple to encounter God. They're making a journey. And in the process of making the journey, the way that they experienced God and the way that they experienced God's grace was that they had to make an offering to God. And if you're coming from 30 miles away or even a couple towns over, there's no way to get there with your sacrifice without it being unblemished. And so the people that are in the temple in John's gospel it's interesting, it's not like the synoptic gospels that talks about the, the people in the temple trying to make a large profit. It's not that. They are just there to sell sacrifices. To sell the sacrifices. To help people encounter God. And Jesus says, no, that is no more. The temple is changing. And I'm going to be bold here, and it's, I'm not sure that I'm really taking a position, but I'm be bold that... that for at this point, everybody has seen the institution, the institution, which was the temple, and that religious institution is necessary for people to have that moment of encounter with God and of grace. And Jesus says, no, no longer are you people responsible for this, but something has shifted. And we know that now as, as People that are steeped in the tradition, it's the body of Christ. It's something we've been taught over and over. The body of Christ is not this building. It is not the institution. It is the people that help others encounter God. No longer are buildings and bricks and mortar. No longer are rules and sacrifices necessary. Now, Somebody shared um, an article with me this past week, and, and I'm not a scientist, I don't understand the language and all of that, but it was, it was talking about the, um, the end of DNA, the ends of DNA, the, I think they're telomeres or something like that, that, that through the aging process, those begin to deteriorate. And yet there was a study done that there is a way that those will actually regenerate and continue to grow, and that is through compassion. Compassion has the ability to delay the aging process. 
and actually regenerate growth. And this is a profound, profound study. Now, there is no way for us to ever be able to, to really live in that fully sacrificial way that Christ and God have lived. But there are ways that we can live with compassion that from this study suggest actually create life and give and renew and change the world to be something new that is life-giving. And so the challenge, the shift that we have made with Christ is that there's no longer any institution that is necessary for people to encounter God. And this is hard to say in the most beautiful building that I've ever been in. It's not about this building. It's about you. It's about each person that is the body of Christ and the power that each person has to be compassionate and to be loving and to help people that are making a journey of a lifetime of thousands of miles. Sometimes it's walking out of their doors, but we're all making that journey that is heavy, carrying things that we want to give to God. And no longer do we need an institution. Now we need to encounter God through each other. And so the challenge of Lent, the challenge of, our, of all that we do, it's not about building up a structure or an institution which is a beautiful thing, but it's about going out and loving and being compassionate and forgiving and touching lives, of sharing meals, of giving communion, of helping someone out. And so I recognize as we have taken this Lenten charge of working to have 10,000 hours of service, there are also people that are contributing hours and hours and hours here in this place. And that is important and that is precious and beautiful. But we do all of that because people need to encounter God. So go forth from this place today, renewed, inspired, and know that you have the power to share God with this world that is hungry for that message of love and redemption and reconciliation. And may science tell you that compassion can be a part of God's co-creation in this world. Amen.